Well, hello, my friends, and welcome once again to Declaring Liberty. I am your host, Mark Romano, and I thank you all for being here. Now, today is Thursday, March 9th, and as we speak, the House Committee on the Weaponization of Government is meeting right now. They're conducting a hearing, and last I saw a guy named Matt Taibbi is testifying. Now, you might recognize this guy's name. This guy uh, was the hand-picked quote-unquote journalist, hand-picked by Elon Musk to be the recipient of all these supposed uh, so-called Twitter files. Now, these are carefully selected files, meaning they're, they're text messages, uh, emails, internal communications and things from Twitter pre-Elon Musk. Now, Musk is releasing these things, hand-picked, cherry-picked, um, to present this narrative that before Musk took it over, that Twitter uh, basically was in the tank for Democrats and was violating the free speech rights of um, you know conservatives and MAGA nuts and all those kinds of people, and that they were somehow interfering with our elections uh, somehow. Uh, and that they were violating people's First Amendment rights, which anyone who has the, uh, the most basic rudimentary knowledge of the First Amendment knows that Twitter cannot possibly violate anyone's First Amendment rights because Twitter is a private company. And the First Amendment only protects you against the government. So it is not possible for Twitter to violate anyone's First Amendment rights by banning them from their platform or suppressing their tweets or moderating content or anything like that. In fact, Twitter itself is protected by the First Amendment to engage in exactly those kinds of activities. It's a private company. Twitter has a First Amendment right to ban anyone from their platform that they want. They can moderate their content in any way they choose. It's their platform. They are protected by the Constitution to do that. You have no claim on, on Twitter. You don't have any constitutional right to use Twitter. This is, this is all so, so, so ridiculous. Um, anyway, so that's going on because, you know, that's the kind of ridiculous nonsense that House Republicans are, are engaged in and will continue to be engaged in uh, for the next, you know, basically two years. Because this is all they have. You know, they, they, they promised, remember, they were going to fix inflation because Joe Biden caused inflation somehow, um, and they were going to fix inflation. That was the whole reason that you were supposed to vote for, Demo uh, for Republicans, was for inflation and gas prices. Because, of course, Joe Biden sets the price of gas, but he won't set the price of gas once you elect Republicans. They will set the price of gas, I guess. I don't know. I, I can't follow their ridiculous logic. The point is, uh, you were supposed to vote for Republicans because of inflation, and they were going to fix inflation because of high gas prices and grocery bills and all that stuff. Republicans were going to fix all that for you. Well, how's that going? Have they fixed any of that? Of course not. Now, I'm not one of these people who are going to um, criticize Republicans for not fixing that because they can't fix it. Okay, they don't control the economy. They don't control the price of gas or groceries or inflation. And guess what? Neither does the president. 
All right? Um, we don't live in that kind of a country. And if presidents, if Congress, if the government had the authority to set prices and all that kind of stuff, you wouldn't want to live in that country. You don't want to live in a command and control economy. Okay, that's not the system we live in, thank God. Um, but that is what they told the American people as a reason to vote for, for Republicans. They were going to fix all that. And of course, they've, they've done nothing. They haven't proposed any bills in, in any way to affect the economy or anything. Um, they are just doing this kind of crap. Um, you know, calling, calling Elon Musk hacks in to testify to somehow prove that Twitter was, you know, being mean to conservatives before Elon Musk took it. I don't even really know what the point is. Um, but this, this is what they're going to engage in because this is what their voters want. Okay. This is not really to accomplish anything. A, a hearing like this, and, and, and these kinds of show trial hearings, get used to them, baby, because this is all you're going to get from, from House Republicans. But the point of them is not to accomplish anything. Um, the point of them is not to educate the American people in any kind of way that's important. What this is designed to do is to create sound bites for the Republican Congress persons who are on this committee so that they can get, you know, a 30 or 60 second soundbite that will be played on Fox News or that will go viral on social media. The entire purpose of all of this is to entertain the Fox News audience, is to entertain the Republican Trump cult, the MAGA lunatics, because this is what they want to see. And this is all you have to do if you're a Republican uh, to be successful as a Republican, to be a rock star in the Republican Party, and to keep getting money flowing into your campaign, and, and to keep getting yourself reelected. All you have to do is shovel red meat nonsense to the people who watch Fox News. Okay, that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to actually uh, seriously address any issues. You don't have to pass any bills. You don't have to hold serious hearings. You don't have to say anything intelligent. Look who are the stars on the right. Of course, you got, you know, Daddy Trump, who is absolutely becoming more and more unhinged with each passing day. And I think the reason for that is with each passing day, he gets closer and closer uh, to being indicted. And he is, he, you know, you don't think about this every day, but this is all this man thinks about. If you were under multiple criminal investigations, which could potentially land your ass in prison for the rest of your natural life, you would be obsessed on it, by it. You would be, you would wake up in the morning. It'd be the first thing on your mind. It'd be the last thing you think about before you go to sleep, if you even could sleep. I don't know how I could sleep if I had that kind of thing hanging over my head, but this is what Donald Trump lives with every day. Okay. Um, and he's becoming increasingly unhinged as a result. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if, you, if you're not privy to all of his insane ramblings, you should go over to Truth Social. I have a Truth Social account just so that I can see what Donald Trump is posting. Okay, so you'll, you'll see some of his, his Truth Social posts you know, um, covered on the news or covered on, you know, website here or there. But if you want to see all of them in their unvarnished form, just go over to Truth Social. 
You don't have to interact with any of those people. Just I just go there just to read Trump's truths, as they're called. Um, and uh, and I wanna I wanna be there when Donald Trump is indicted. I you think it's unhinged now? I am there. I can't wait to be there for the unhinged just meltdown he's gonna have once he's indicted. So, anyways, that's that's why I'm on Truth Social. Now, who else are the stars over there? Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, who's a bigger star on the right now than Marjorie Taylor Greene? Got Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, all these lunatics. What, what are they known for? Why are they stars? Because they play to the Fox News audience. Because they say ridiculous things, outrageous things, um, just awful things. Doesn't make, And that's the thing. The more nasty a human being you are, the worse a person you are, the more terrible things you say, the bigger star you are on the right. Now, I wasn't the first to say this, but it's true. The cruelty is the point. You know, people used to say, don't, don't these Republicans realize how cruel that is? What they're saying, what they're doing? As if to say, you know, they don't really realize what... Of course they realize how cruel it is. The cruelty is the point. They are intentionally cruel. And why are they intentionally cruel? Because cruelty sells among base Republican voters, in the Fox News audience, in the Newsmax audience, people who listen to Steve Bannon's podcast. You know, among all those people... and. When we, when we talk about those audiences, we're talking about the base of the Republican Party. This is the base. This is the heart and soul of the Republican Party. And they are cruel. They are nasty. They are stupid people. And this is what they want to hear. The worse you can be to other human beings, if they're Democrats, the more that Republican base voters will love it and will love you. And they will send you money. And they will vote for you. And you will get invited over and over again on Fox News. And your star will only increase. But the problem with all of that is, aside from it being horrible, horrible for our politics and everything else, the problem with that is, it's like drugs. You have to keep giving them more and more of that. You know, you can't just hold the line at a... A specific level of cruelty. You have to up the dosage. You have to outdo the next guy. So if Marjorie Taylor Greene comes and you know comes out and says something cruel and nasty, well, that's the target you have to aim above. If you're somebody else, you got to be nastier than that. And then she's got to come back and be nastier than that. And th it's it's this is how it works over there. This is why it's getting worse and not better. Because. The incentive structure on the right is for nastier and nastier action, commentary, and policy. Not that there's much policy, but to the extent that there is policy, um, it's cruel policy. Every policy that you see coming out of Republican quarters, whether it's from Ron DeSantis in Florida or other places around the country, um, it's all about punishing people that they don't like. Nothing. You have not seen a single policy proposal from any Republican anywhere that would improve anyone's lives. You don't see anything on the economy. You don't see anything about expanding freedom. 
all you see are proposals to the ex again to the extent we see any proposals and we really don't see very much but to the extent we see any it's all about punishing people they don't like people they've identified as being on the left as long as they can apply the the, the label woke to something or someone uh, then they can demonize that group of people or that thing and then they seek to punish it and by the way if you come across anyone who seriously uses the term woke in a political context, uh, you know that person is a moron, okay? That is a person who cannot articulate anything. They're not serious people. Um, they, they have no principles. They don't care about any policies. And they can't even really explain for you what they're against or what they're for or anything. Woke is just this generalized term that they throw out there to sort of refer to everything on the left that they don't like. But if you ask any of them to define what the term woke means, they can't do it. Because it doesn't mean anything. But it's just a term they have all adopted um, and they just apply to anything on the left. It's kind of like the way Donald Trump hijacked the term rhino okay rhino used to mean way back when you know just a few years ago rhino used to mean it used to refer to a republican who was not very conservative on the issues that that's really what a rhino it was a derogatory term used by conservatives uh, to describe republicans who aren't really conservative they're just kind of squishy moderates in the middle that that's what rhinos were now rhino has nothing to do with policy rhino simply means anyone who is opposed to donald trump or any anyone that donald trump doesn't like for any reason that's a rhino so if you are against donald trump you're a rhino it doesn't matter what your positions are on issues whether you're conservative or not you're a rhino but that's the way the entire republican party has been framed now it's all based on your allegiance to Donald Trump. That's why it's a cult. It's not a political party anymore. It's a cult. Okay, anyways, enough of this. The point is, um, what you see going on in this Republican House hearing today and what you're going to see, you know, for the next year and a half um, until hopefully these people get run out of office uh, is this kind of show trial nonsense because they don't, they're not serious people. And they don't have to be serious. Look, if the Republican... I'll do one more thing. If base Republican voters were serious people and, and wanted serious policy prescriptions to you know deal with issues, um, then that is what their politicians would give them. You know, these people could be serious. Well, not all of them. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene can't be serious. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is a reflection of what Republican voters want. Look, if you put up a serious person against Marjorie Taylor Greene in the Republican primary in Georgia, that serious person doesn't stand a chance because Republican voters are not serious. They want Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, they could get serious people if they wanted serious people, but serious people have been run out of the party. We're not there anymore, okay? Elected or otherwise, we're not there anymore. Serious people don't run in the Republican party anymore. 
Because Republican voters don't want serious. Republican voters want the clown show. They want a cruel clown show. That's what they want. They want to be entertained. And so that's what the Republican Party is going to give them. You're not going to get serious policy proposals at all. You're going to get clown show. So, you know, this is what you did, America. You know, Republicans did historically bad in terms of performance in an off-year election, but they still won the House of Representatives. Okay, the American people still elected a Republican House of Representatives. Uh, and this is the consequence. This, you know, elections have consequences. You know, maybe next time, America, you'll be a little more freaking serious with your vote. Because this is what you got. Did Republicans fix inflation? They get rid of inflation? Did they fix gas prices and grocery prices? Of course they didn't. They can't. Maybe educate yourself a little bit better before you vote next time. Maybe realize that some of the things they were promising were not possible. They couldn't deliver on those promises because they don't have the power to do that. Maybe get maybe educate your friggin' selves and get a little bit more serious with your vote. And then you wouldn't have this kind of clown show running Congress. All right. Anyways. Okay. On to some politics real quick. You might have seen this. Ronna McDaniel, head of the RNC, is saying that um, they're going to make it a requirement to run in the Republican Party for the Republican nomination for president that they take a pledge, all candidates take a pledge to support whoever the winner is. Whoever the nominee of the party is, everyone must, in order to participate in debates, um, pledge to support that candidate. Here is Rona McDaniel on, let's see, CNN talking about this. Your party announced that the first Republican debate will be in August in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Will candidates be required to sign a pledge saying that they will support whomever becomes the nominee in order to get on that debate stage? We haven't put the criteria out, but I expect a pledge will be part of it. It was part of 2016. I think it's kind of a no-brainer, right? If you're going to be on the Republican National Committee debate stage asking voters to support you, you should say, I'm going to support the voters and who they choose as the nominee. As RNC chair... I think it's kind of a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Give me a break. Um, how stupid is this? Of course this is all about Donald Trump. The only reason that this question is even being asked is because of Donald Trump. If Donald Trump is not the nominee, is he going to run third party? Is he going to sabotage the Republican nominee? Uh, the answer to that is, of course he is. Of course he's going to either run third party or otherwise sabotage the Republican nominee. I don't know that he would run third party, but whatever he would do, he would do whatever he could to make sure that that Republican lost the general election. If Donald Trump loses the primary... He needs that person, whoever wins, to lose in the general election. Because if that person wins and becomes a Republican president, that person is the head of the party. That person becomes, you know, the center of the Republican universe. And Donald Trump will begin to drift into obscurity. And Donald Trump cannot have that. Don, you will. And besides that, you have to understand about Donald Trump and his malignant narcissism. Everyone owes Donald Trump. That's the way everyone owes Donald Trump undying loyalty. That's the way he sees it. And if the Republican Party 
does not nominate him, he will burn the party to the freaking ground. How dare you be disloyal, Republican Party, you voters of the Republican Party. How dare you be disloyal to me, the orange god king. I made you. I will destroy you. Donald Trump, you will be, the Republican Party will be Donald Trump's enemy at that point. And he will do whatever he can to destroy it and the nominee of the party. If you don't understand that about Donald Trump, you don't understand Donald Trump at all. And and this idea that you could hold Donald Trump to a pledge, a pledge to support whoever wins the Republican nomination, if you're going to get Donald Trump to hold to that pledge if he loses, are you kidding me? Give me a freaking break. Donald Trump... More than a pledge, right? Some non-binding pledge to participate in primary debates. Donald Trump took a, an oath of office, a constitutionally required oath of office in order to be president. He put his hand on a Bible and swore an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And then... He goes and incites a violent insurrection to overturn not just the Constitution, but the Republic itself. That Donald Trump. So a guy who's going to violate his, his oath of office and try to overturn the Republic, you really think you're going to hold that guy to some stupid pledge to support the nominee? Give me a break. But, you know, what else is Ronna McDaniel supposed to do? I mean, she's kind of in a no-win situation. They're all in a no-win situation, but they're in a no-win situation of their own creation. They did this to themselves. Since 2015, they had every opportunity not to put themselves in this position. They could have denied him the nomination. They didn't. They could have gotten rid of him multiple times. There are so many horrible things that this man has said and done over the years that they could have said, nope, that's too much. We're not going along with this anymore. And then, of course, the easiest thing in the world for them to have done was when they had the opportunity to convict Donald Trump in the second impeachment trial in the Senate. Right after he had incited a violent insurrection, attacking another branch of government in order to keep his fat orange ass in power illegally despite losing a fair and legitimate election. They could have, if they just had like, what, 17 Republicans or whatever the number was? If they had just voted to convict, they would be rid of Donald Trump. Yeah, he'd still be out there, but we wouldn't be talking about him running for president again. We'd only be talking about whether or not he would be indicted and sent to prison. And let's say something else here. If Donald Trump had been convicted in the Senate, I fully believe that he already would have been indicted. I think part of the reason that Merrick Garland is going slower than he should go is that Donald Trump is still in this political sphere. He's, he's a candidate for president again. If he was a... A convict, you know, convicted in the Senate, prohibited constitutionally from ever running again for federal office. Um, I don't think the question for Merrick Garland about whether or not to indict Trump would have been difficult at all. And he wouldn't have wasted two years before appointing a special counsel. There would be no need to appoint a special counsel. Anyway, 
Um, they're, in, they're in this horrible position because of their cowardice. Years and years of cowardice. They all hate Donald Trump. They have all always hated Donald Trump. I mean, look at what we're finding out now. Even his little cheerleaders on Fox News, for the most part, they all hate him. Tucker Carlson sings Donald Trump's praises every single damn night. But what's the truth? What do we find that he's been saying behind closed doors? You know, we've, we've gotten an insight into the Fox News world now with these court filings in the Dominion case. Turns out, Tucker Carlson says he hates Donald Trump passionately. Admits that Donald Trump's presidency was a disaster. Yet he goes on his, his propaganda show every single night saying how great a president Donald Trump was. Greatest president ever. He loves Donald Trump. Oh, the party needs to embrace Donald Trump. If you turn your back on... Trump, 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 Trump. Yet he hates the guy. Knows that he was a disaster. Can't wait to stop talking about him. Wishes he would go away. But it's not just Tucker. It's not just Fox. It's, it's all of the Republican Party at the elected level. Well, not so much all anymore now that uh, Donald Trump has successfully gotten a bunch of uh, members of his lunatic Trump cult now elected to Congress. Some of them now in Congress are true believers, but still most of them wish he would just go the hell away. And they are secretly hoping for a prosecutor to indict him and send him to prison for the rest of his life. They just can't say it, but that's what they want. Anyways, uh, yeah, there's there's Rona McDaniel Daniel and her stupid little little pledge, like you could ever hold Donald Trump to a pledge. Okay, gone too long, as is my want to do. Um, what should I cover here? Have you heard about this bill, this Republican bill in Florida that would require bloggers, but really anyone, you know. Um, writing an article for publication uh, that would be about Ron DeSantis, about the governor, the lieutenant governor, and, and certain other people, certain other elected officials in Florida. If you were to write anything about them, you must first register with the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, Ron DeSantis has since been forced to come out against this because even some Republicans, not many, uh, but some, notably Newt Gingrich, have come out saying how uh, preposterous and unconstitutional and authoritarian this is. And uh, Ron DeSantis eventually had to come out and say that he doesn't support this. Now, uh, Ron DeSantis did support this. Um, Ron DeSantis is a guy with a glass jaw. He cannot take a punch. He is a... Um, a snowflake, to use a, a favorite term on the right. In fact, you know, he, he, he would be more accurately named Ron DeSnowflake instead of Ron DeSantis because he is, in fact, such a cowardly little snowflake who can't take any criticism. Uh, he loses his damn mind when he gets criticized at all. So I don't know how this little snowflake is going to endure running for president. Uh, but anyways, he had one of his little minions in the Florida legislature uh, introduce this bill that would require people to register with the state of Florida in order to um, write about him. And if they didn't, they would face uh, fines and penalties. Now, this 
should go without saying that this is unconstitutional. This is a flagrant violation of the First Amendment. Um, to to rec- to get per- what 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 does it mean when you have to register with the state before you can do something? It means you have to get permission from the state in order to do it, right? That that's what it means. So. Under Ron DeSantis, if he got his way, now he's, again, he's backed off of this, but if Ron DeSantis, you know, little mini Hitler there down in Florida, had gotten his way, then if you wanted to write about him, you would have to first get permission from the state of Florida to exercise your First Amendment right. Does that sound legal to you? No, 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 that's not legal. If that had been enacted, if that had been made law, uh, it would have been struck down in about two seconds. It would have been thrown out uh, and struck down as being the unconstitutional violation of the First Amendment that it so clearly is. But there's your champion, right? There, There is the conservative hero, right? Quote, unquote, conservative. There's nothing conservative about someone like Ron DeSantis. This is not conservatism. This is fascism. And I'm sick and tired of everything that the Republican Party does and says and is being described as as conservative. You know, just because it's Republican doesn't mean it's conservative. All right, it's not. The Republican Party has gone from conservatism to fascism. This is no longer a conservative. The conservatives all left the party, okay? Hello, I'm a conservative, but I'm not a Republican anymore. You know why? Because I'm a conservative and the Republican Party is not conservative. It's fascist. It is a fascist personality cult. But, you know, it, I, I understand that fighting over the word conservative is not a battle I can win. It's futile. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, it still annoys me to hear, hear these people uh, be described as conservatives when they so clearly are not. But they still pretend to um, support and defend the Constitution while they do things that are unconstitutional and propose things that are unconstitutional and they celebrate a guy who said we should get rid of the constitution have we forgotten that donald trump literally said that we should get rid of the constitution in order to put him right back in office right now that's what he said we should abolish the constitution in order to basically turn ourselves into an authoritarian dictatorship with donald trump as our dictator that that's what he said we should do this after losing an election and inciting a violent insurrection uh, against his own country. And he is still supported overwhelmingly by the party that pretends to revere the Constitution. I can't believe anyone asks me why I am no longer a Republican. Is it, is it not obvious why I would not be a Republican? Anyways, okay, Donald Trump. Here, I got an article here. Donald Trump says he will stay in the race even if he is indicted. (laughs) Well, good. I hope you do, Donald Trump. Um, First, I hope that you are indicted. You should be indicted. Anyone else who has done a fraction of what you have done would have been indicted long ago. And I do still believe he will be indicted. I think he'll be indicted in Georgia. I think he will be indicted uh, at the federal level as well. And I hope, I hope and pray that Donald Trump stays in the race after having been indicted. I hope he does. Um, Because, well, for many reasons, 
it would be nice to have the front runner for the Republican nomination to be under criminal indictment. Um, and, and seriously, are, are Republicans, this is a rhetorical question, but are Republicans really stupid enough to nominate a guy who is under criminal indictment? Uh, the answer to that, of course, is yes, they most certainly are that stupid. Um, yeah, they would do it. They would do it. And even if Donald Trump isn't indicted, they, they would, if they nominate Donald Trump, they guarantee that throughout the general election, it's not going to be the case in the Republican primary, but in the general election, January 6th is going to be the overriding issue above all else. And Republicans and Donald Trump are going to be forced to defend the January 6th inter insurrection the entire campaign. That's what you get as an issue if you nominate Donald Trump for president. That's the issue. Democracy, insurrection, seditious conspiracy. That's, that's the issue. And that is a loser for you, Republicans. That is a loser. So why in the world you want to run on defending the insurrection is beyond me. Well, actually, it's not really beyond me. Um, this is who they are. They're the party of insurrection. So honestly, um, running on the insurrection, running on ending democracy, running on ending the Constitution and overthrowing the Republic, the Republic would be just about the most honest thing that Republicans could do. Uh, and I hope that they will. Because America really deserves to have the choice be as stark as that. Because it is as stark as that. That needs to be what the 2024 election is about. Do you want to end the republic as it has always existed? Or do you want to preserve the republic? What do you want to do? Do you want insurrection? Do you want a dictatorship? Or do you, do you want democratic republicanism? Constitutional government. That's what's on the ballot. Okay, it's really as stark as that. And for us to talk about anything else is ridiculous at this moment in time. I don't give a damn what the rest of the issues might be. I don't want to talk about taxes. I don't want to talk about social security. I don't talk any I don't care about any of those issues right now. You know, when your house is on fire, you don't talk about uh you know what snacks to bring to the barbecue this weekend. You focus on the friggin' fire and putting out the fire. Nothing else matters. Okay, you can talk about the barbecue later. Right now, our republic is at risk. We are at risk of losing it all. It's the only thing we should be discussing. Okay, everything else can wait. This is the only thing that matters. Okay, now, about prosecuting Donald Trump, let's, let's review real quick where we are. Last time on this podcast, we talked about the... Um, the grand juror, that weird woman running her mouth down in Georgia, uh, the foreman of the grand jury, and everyone was losing their collective mind because, you know, they, they were believing the hype that this means we can't prosecute Donald Trump now because <laughs> she said stuff. Oh, no, she gave an interview. Now Donald Trump gets to get away with all his crimes. Now, now. I explained to you on the last podcast why that is absurd. It doesn't work like that. So calm down. 
So that's what we talked about last time. Now, since then, I've had some people start wringing their hands, um, convinced that Fonnie Willis, the DA down there, is not going to indict Donald Trump because she hasn't indicted him yet. Because the grand jurors, uh, you know, that, and that, that special grand jury, they already issued their report. So how come Fonnie Willis hasn't indicted him yet? Again, calm down. The reason she hasn't indicted him yet is because she now needs to take all that evidence and present it to a brand new grand jury who hasn't heard any of that evidence yet. Remember, the special grand jury only had authority. Now, this is not the case everywhere. In fact, I never knew of this special grand jury thing because every jurisdiction in which I've practiced before, you only have one type of grand jury, a grand jury that can investigate and indict. The same thing at the federal level. They can investigate and indict. They can call witnesses and indict. But apparently in Georgia, they've bifurcated the whole process. So you have a special grand jury that can call witnesses in and investigate. And then you have another type of grand jury that can indict. Okay, so this special grand jury, which has concluded and issued their report, they only had authority to issue a report and to, you know, investigate and call witnesses and take testimony, that kind of thing. But they have no authority to indict anyone. So if Fonnie Willis wants to indict anyone, she has to go to another grand jury. Now, we know that more than, well, at least 75 witnesses test, I don't know the exact number, maybe the exact number is 75. I've heard the, I've heard the number 75. So it's at least 75 witnesses testified to the special grand jury. Um, that's a lot of witnesses. That's a lot of witnesses saying a lot of stuff. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of other evidence, documentary evidence, uh, phone calls and, and recordings and text messages and emails and all this other kind of stuff. So there's a lot of evidence. And there's a lot of different potential crimes here. You know, there's election fraud cases. There is what I am kind of expecting Fonnie Willis to come out with, there's potential racketeering charges here. And the reason why I expect Fonnie Willis to charge Trump with racketeering is because very early in this investigation, most people don't remember this or ever knew it to begin with, but she hired racketeering experts early in this, in this investigation to help her with the investigation. And she hired experts on evidence in racketeering cases. So, I think she's been building a racketeering case. Uh, this is all very complicated stuff. And one of the reasons why I hope she brings a racketeering case is because by the, its very nature, it, basically racketeering is, is taking together a whole bunch of different crimes which are all part of the same criminal enterprise and charging them all under this racketeering umbrella. And so for purposes of, of trial and evidence, putting on evidence of all these various crimes and bad acts, it all becomes relevant in a racketeering case. So, for example, as, to contrast with a racketeering case, if you just charge him with election interference for that phone call to Brad Raffensperger, um, you can only introduce evidence as the prosecutor that is specifically relevant to that one charge. So you can't get into all these other bad things that Donald Trump might have done. But if you charge him with racketeering, 
you can get into all these other things that are tangentially related to the racketeering charge, to the broader conspiracy. And that gives you a better picture of what exactly Donald Trump was up to. So you can get into all of the, all of it. Okay, because you, and th this is where, you know, so much of the legal commentary about this has been so stupid. It's been focused on just that one phone call. Just that one freaking phone call. Now, even if pressuring um, whatever the whatever the charge is there, um, interference with with uh, official duties or whatever charge it is specific in Georgia with respect to pressuring the Secretary of State there, even if that was the only crime you were charging him with, uh, there's still a lot more evidence that's going to be presented than just that phone call. Okay, there's going to be look. He sent Mark. Mark um, Meadows down there to pressure this guy. You know damn well there were other phone calls, text messages, emails. There's other stuff. It wasn't just that phone call, right? But if you're smart, and I think Fonnie Willis is, you want to you want this. The phone call was just one tiny little part of this whole criminal conspiracy. What you want to do is paint for the jury a picture of the entire broader conspiracy. And the way you do that is with a racketeering charge because then you can, you have to be able to get into all that other stuff. So you get around what otherwise would have been evidentiary impediments to you being able to bring in, bring in the, that evidence. When, when it's racketeering, you get into all of it. And that's what I hope she does. And that's what I expect her to do because it's the smart thing to do here. And she has prosecuted racketeering cases in the past. So she's familiar with it. So I'm. I, that's what I'm hoping. Now, anyways, what where, where did I where did I start with all this? Oh yeah, Donald Trump vows to stay in the race even if he's indicted. Well, again, I hope so because what will Donald Trump do if he's indicted? Especially if he's a candidate out giving speeches and interviews as he's running for president, he will talk about it incessantly. He will talk about it incessantly anyway, but he's going to be asked about it whenever he has an interview. When he goes out there, you know, at his ridiculous rallies, he doesn't talk about policy. He talks about his grievances and what's going to be primary on his mind. These criminal charges against him, that's what he's going to talk about. He can't help it. And the more he runs his mouth, the more he digs his own grave. So I hope he's out there running for president under indictment and running his damn mouth. Because every time he does, he is potentially giving prosecutors more evidence to use against him. So by all means, Donald, stay in the race. Please stay in the race. And I hope they nominate you. I hope they nominate you. Because a fitting end to all of this would be for you to do to the Republican Party what you tried to do to this country. You tried to destroy this country. You almost did. Now I hope you actually succeed in destroying the Republican Party and all its appendages, like Fox News. You are the reason Fox News is being sued for $1.6 billion dollars. In compensatory damages. And by the way, that $1.6 that's not a ceiling. That's a floor. 
Because that doesn't include punitive damages. That's just compensatory damages. That's just the money that Dominion is claiming they have lost as a result of the defamation by Fox News. But the jury can also award punitive damages. Damages meant to punish the bad behavior by Fox News. And I hope that they get the full $1.6 billion judgment in compensatory damages. And I hope that any jury slams Fox News with punitive damages to the point where they are forced out of business or bankrupted or whatever. But they deserve it. Again, this is another group of people who did this to themselves. They, they turned their entire operation into a Donald Trump propaganda network. They completely tied themselves to Donald Trump. And everything Donald Trump touches dies. And let us hope that Fox News is no exception. The only exception, I pray, is the United States. Hopefully our republic endures after having elected this guy as president. But that's, that's what 2024 is about. That's what that election is about. It really is. Especially if Donald Trump is the nominee. There's no middle road. If Donald Trump is the nominee, the future of the republic is on the ballot. If Donald Trump is elected president, it's all over. It's all over. I honestly 100% believe that if Donald Trump is elected president again, he will never leave office. I don't know exactly what that looks like, how they will nullify the Constitution, what they will do, but I promise you this, Donald Trump will not leave office until he dies in office. Our republic will be over. Anyways, we could talk about that more later. Um, is there anything else I need to do? Look, uh, let me just say this real quick. And maybe I'll talk about this more on an upcoming podcast when we get more into the legal issues surrounding Trump's prosecutions. Um, but the Department of Justice recently filed a brief or a memo with the court. You see, Donald Trump was being sued civilly by Capitol Hill police officers and several members of Congress for inciting the, viol uh, the insurrection which, which injured them, killed some of them, severely injured others, and put them all at great risk. And Donald Trump is arguing to the court that the case should be thrown out because he is immune from civil lawsuit because he was simply acting as president. And you can't sue him for exercising his presidential duties. Now, the court... And the plaintiff's attorney said, no, he was, out, he was acting outside of his role as president. You know, inciting a violent insurrection against the country is not within the scope of responsibilities of a president of the United States. So when you engage in that kind of behavior, you are out, acting outside of the scope of your office. And so therefore, uh, you are liable to be sued. Now, the judge in that case asked for the Department of Justice to weigh in on this issue and give their opinion as to whether or not Donald Trump was acting within the scope of his authority and duties as president of the United States um, when he engaged in the, in the actions that are at, the, the, are at issue in this lawsuit. And the Department of Justice in the last week came out and filed with the court 
their opinion that no, Donald Trump is not entitled to any immunity because he was not acting within the scope of his responsibilities as president. That inciting a violent insurrection is not within the scope of his duties. That should go without saying. It's laughable that we even have to ask that question. But everything he did that was forms the actions at the basis of this lawsuit are outside the scope of his duties as president. And therefore, there's no immunity and that in the opinion of the Department of, the, of Justice, um, the lawsuit should go forward. What's important about this is not just so this, this particular lawsuit goes forward, but now we know the Department of Justice, uh, their, what their position is on this issue. And that is very important with respect to the criminal investigations ongoing. Because if they had come out the other way and they had said, yeah, he was acting within the scope of his responsibilities, then what does that tell us? That tells us that they would not prosecute him because he was simply discharging the duties of his office and they're not going to indict a president or a former president for simply discharging the duties of his office. But now that we know for a fact that the Department of Justice does not view Trump's actions on that day and leading up to it as part of his official duties, that he can be sued in his, in his personal capacity, that we now know that that is not an impediment to charging him criminally. So that opens that up from a legal point of view. Now, I never really thought that this was much of an issue anyway, because the idea that he might have been acting within the scope of his authorities is ludicrous. But it's important nonetheless to have this officially come from DOJ. So we're on the right track. And everything else is going well. Now, it pisses me off that we're over two years from the insurrection and no charges have been filed yet. But that's because of Merrick Garland, as I, as, as I have explained before. Because of his dithering. He did nothing for two years except prosecute the, the, the low-level trespassers. He did nothing to investigate Donald Trump. It wasn't until last summer when the January 6th committee offered such damning evidence of Donald Trump and his guilt that the Department of Justice was basically forced to start investigating it. And then once he, he went ahead and and um, appointed Jack Smith as special counsel. Since that time, Jack Smith has been full speed ahead with the subpoenas, with the grand jury investigations. So things are on the right track. And right now, Fonnie Willis, hopefully, is now presenting all that information, all the information she got in her investigation over the last two years, presenting that information to a new grand jury in order to seek an indictment of Donald Trump. So I think we're on the right track down in Georgia. I think we're on the right track in the special counsel investigations. And hopefully soon we will be getting indictments of this guy because justice demands it. Anyways, that's going to do it for me here today. Um, hopefully in an upcoming episode soon, I'm going to discuss Fox News. I was going to talk about it today, but I need a whole episode just on Fox News. But uh, so anyways, stay tuned for that. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care and I'll talk to you again soon.